Experience Travelers Championship Millionaire Maker DraftKings picks and preview. We have guests back. It's not just going to be me. However, I do want to tell you to smash the like button for the episode and give me your favorite below 7K sleeper of the week. Also, review and rate. Rate five stars on the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. You want to leave a review? Put you in the good books. And you want to be in the good books. Trust me on this one. Because I got Millionaire Maker tickets to give away. The giveaway is going to be on Twitter. It's going to be on Wednesday, starting at noon Eastern. If you're not following me on Twitter, big mistake. You're not going to fucking win uh, if you're not going to be doing that. But, I mean, you want to be following the account. Uh, you'll want to be watching out around noon on Wednesday. A tweet's going to come out. There's going to be a two-hour window where you're going to get your chance for one of X amount of Millionaire Maker tickets. It was 20 last week. I don't know how many it's going to be this week. Maybe it's more. I like I gave away 200 or 100 or something for MMA one week. It was like 2,500 bucks worth. So probably not going to be that many because golf is filling, including the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open. I'd say join the league, but all 5,000 spots are already full. Hopefully DraftKings gets the memo and makes the best tournament on DraftKings, rake free, mind you, even larger than before there's a lot there was $75,000 of rake free guaranteed money in this week filled in 24 hours what can we do with 7,500 spots over 100k guaranteed I think we might start to find out also I want to once again give a big shout out to Nathan who won the millionaire maker this weekend viewer of the show and a founding member of fantasynational.com one of the very first people to sign up for the site like three years ago Uh, so he gets that elusive founding member status he won the million bucks if you, I mean, if you wanted to become a member at FantasyNational.com, go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Get the weekly, annual, or the monthly. Annual is the best deal, obviously. If you want to test the waters, use the weekly. And with that code Mayo or slash Mayo, you get 20% off. So I highly recommend that. The tools and stats point you in the right direction. No one there giving you picks. You put in your inputs. It'll tell you what you want to see. If you want to use it properly, hey, that's all on you. There's also a Millionaire Maker Big Hit giveaway DraftKings is doing. I've been told to talk about this. Uh, If you enter two lineups in the Millionaire Maker and the winning score of the golfer who wins this weekend is 20 under or better, you get a free $3 ticket. Enter three or four lineups in the Millie Maker. Get a $10 ticket if the winning score is 15, minus 15 or better. Here's the one you probably want to take advantage of. It's the biggest deal. Enter five lineups in the Millionaire Maker. If the winning score is better than minus 10, you get a free Millionaire Maker ticket for the next week, a $20 ticket to any contest you want. So uh, that one's probably going to happen. So we can go forth with that. Enough of me. Actually, check out yesterday's show, Sunday's show. Download them all if you haven't already. Ben Raza is back. He broke the studio. He's back now. He's from awesomeo.com. What's going on, my man? Nothing. I'm glad. Yeah, I thought I might have got the lifetime ban after I broke everything, but uh, back in business. As it turns out, it wasn't you who broke it. It was us who broke it. So Falsely we, accused. We, we sad. Have, we, we have, yeah, sad. We've figured out, I think, 90% of the problem, but enough that I can hear you, you can hear me. You, can, you can't see me is the only thing. I can see you, though. That's all that matters. There we go. We'll, we'll deal with it. We're getting back in the flow. All right. Did you uh, just very quickly, did you have any thoughts about last week? Uh, Did you ever expect to see someone generate the optimal lineup and enter it into the millionaire maker? I really didn't. Congratulations to Nate as well. Just dominant. Uh, It must be nice to coast to a milli win. That's something I never thought we would see. Um, Just unbelievable, really. 
Yeah, it's so funny. Like, when you look at the majority of optimal lineups per week, no one ever has them because they involve some, like, two duds that are, like, 6,200, or they they just happen to jam in to make the very top end work with all the top guys. Not this week. Nathan figured it out. Yeah, I mean, it it fit like a puzzle. Uh, It wasn't crazy at all. Just everything across the board, just perfect. So, again, congrats to him. We'll see uh, what this week brings. Yeah, and it was very interesting. We always talk about ownership and pivots, and this was kind of the type of roster that we always talk about. It had, like, two chalky guys in it. Webb was in it, obviously. He was the most owned guy, but he also won, so you needed him. It had a bunch of guys in, like, the double. It had five other guys or four other guys in the double digits in the teens, and then Neiman at, like, 2%. There was your differentiator. Absolutely. You don't need to be, we talk about this all the time. You don't need to be different in six spots. You just need cumulatively to be different. Uh, And we saw that last week with Neiman being the clear leverage. Yeah. And he left $100 on the table. Sometimes that's enough. That helps. Yep. All right. So again, those giveaways coming Wednesday at 12 PM Eastern time on at the PME Twitter account. Also live chat Wednesday, 1230 PM Eastern time DraftKings YouTube channel, facebook.com slash PME and up on the audio podcast feed. As soon as it is over, rate it five stars while you're there, especially if you want to get one of those tickets, wink, wink, let's go. All right. So let's jump into this. We got a lot of guys above $10,000 this week at TPC river Highlands, another Pete Dye course, Par 70, 68, 50 in terms of yardage. Not real long. So when I went back and looked at the actual numbers, Ben, on who excels at this course, there's many ways that you can tackle it, but ball striking. Like, it's the first of the first three tournaments we've had since we've been back. This is the first one that really puts a lean on off the tee over around the green. So off the tee in approach, short power fours are really the three things that I'm coming down with. Now, you see Chez Revy won last year. So you don't need to be a bomber. I think this is where people get confused when they think about off the tee. Some short hitters are really good off the tee, although they don't hit it 350 yards. Uh, Shez Revy was one of those guys. He crushed it off the tee last year. Yeah, you can gain. I always think of Molinari uh, when I think about that. You can gain off the tee, strokes gained off the tee, without being long. That just means that you're hitting a ton of fairways. You can control the ball. So total driving, things like that are definitely pertinent this week. It's not just bombers. So the top of the $10,000 level, Rory, for the third consecutive week, comes in as the highest price player. He is 11200 Bryson has cracked the 11s as well. He's even $11,000. JT, 10-8. Webb, 10-5. Rom, 10-2. Brooks, an even $10,000. For me, I think this is one of these tournaments where I'm just going to bank on the very, very, very top end guys not winning again and fade everyone besides Rom. <laughs> okay. I like, if I had to pick one guy, it would probably be Rom as well. Uh, you know, you're getting a savings from Rory. He can lean on the driver. He hasn't been great, but he also hasn't been banned. He couldn't putt at Charles Schwab, rebounded and was middling last week. Uh, I do like Rory quite a bit, though, as well. He's someone I think the course will fit a little bit, can be more aggressive. Um, And then, you know, we talk about this every week. You're going to get ownership on these guys. You can't really choose wrong. But I'm going to be leaning more on those traditional, more aggressive drivers of the ball right now. So I'm looking at the very ownership uh, from FantasyNational.com. This just takes an aggregation of people who people are using on the site, spits it all in one. And then we see the generated lineups. Obviously, it's still very early in the week. It's Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday late morning. So you want to check in like Wednesday evening once everyone's like generated their lineups. Be like, oh, no one's actually using that guy because stuff can swing once you know you hear people talk. You know, some people come late and they're like, oh, that guy looks good. Then all of a sudden, the ownership starts to rise. But it does appear like no one's using Webb. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got the double whammy. He's sandwiched between a lot of big drivers. He won last week, which I'm guilty of too. A lot of people, uh, it's counterintuitive, but when, when people win, they, they tend to fade them the next week. I think the course is fine for him. I still, I, you know, it's just hard for me to pay $300 more for Webb than when I can get ROM. I just, I really have trouble doing that. And it's not like Webb is going to be super low owned, even though he's clearly not going to be what he was last week. Yeah, like initially my lean was, hey, Justin Thomas is going to wreck this place. And I think that he might, that's the scary part about having Rory Bryson and JT all at the top is one of those three guys finally plays to their top end and it's over. Like they're going to win. That's why I wanted to go with ROM because I think that Brooks is going to be pretty popular for good reasons, he actually showed up last week, that it feels like Rom I thought, was going to get sandwiched a little bit because he initially opened at 22, uh, then he settled at 20 once the odds were readjusted. And I was like, oh, maybe if he drops down to 25, I'll bet him to win. It's gone the other way. It seems like people are actually all over John Rom this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like I said, I think he fits the course well. Um, he's someone that we really, and it's early, I'm sure he'll have some lumps, but he he really hasn't had prolonged bad stretches uh he has a couple missed cuts and he rebounds immediately you know he's had two so-so performances to start this rebound season he'll be fine so i think this is honestly almost a buy low spot on a guy who's still ten thousand two hundred. so if we look at it i sorted fantasy national just by the last two weeks so the first two events back to see how players and like it's, it's really tough to get a judge of recent form because putting plays so much into that ball striking wise how are people doing so if we just sort by strokes game ball striking which is an amalgamation of off the tee and approach in terms of strokes game the top 10 players in this field over the first two tournaments back answer bryson sergio neiman doc redmond max homa victor hovland the glove lucas glover joel damon and once we get to this nine thousand dollar range my pick to win this tournament ninety four hundred bucks dustin johnson yeah, well, we're going to be going down. I really like DJ as well. Uh, he kind of got overshadowed, I thought, by Brooks making a charge. And last week, he was really good. He just, his short game was non-existent. So 9,400 can be more aggressive here. Poa, uh, what's not to like about DJ this week? Yeah, it, I feel like he's going to get a whole lot of steam coming at him. If you look at the entire 9K area, Cantlay is back. He's 98, plays this course really well. Xander, 96, then DJ, then Rose at 92, followed by Morikawa and Answer. I'm really curious to see what happens with the ownership of Answer. Like, 9,000 is not too much to pay for him if he continues to play this way, but it feels like he had he was he peaked last week. Like, can he do that again? I'm going to probably say no, but he might just hit four more putts this week, and he doesn't need to be as good, tee to green, because the guy couldn't get anything to drop. For me, in this area, though, it's DJ and it's Morikawa, and that's probably going to be it. It's just really, I mean, listen, he should have won, you know, whatever. I'm not going to talk about Webb, but yeah, answer struck the ball better than anyone last week. He, he should have won that tournament. It is kind of hard to think there won't be, you know, look at Morikawa. I don't want to pull, uh, you know, it's just one week, but he kind of should have won two weeks ago and he was not as crisp last week. You don't know if that's a hangover effect or whatnot. That was the first time he's lost with the irons in seemingly forever. So uh, there is something to that. I'm pretty comfortable with Rose, especially if people don't want to go there. His game's, I don't want to say all over the place, but he can get hot with the putter. He can get hot ball striking. Just good player, 9,200. I, I feel comfortable going DJ Rose if I had to pick two. DJ Rose. I'm going to go DJ Morikawa. What do we do with Cantley? 
because he's always a popular play. He crushes this course. He hasn't played yet since the hiatus. However, the last time we saw him, he was great in the first round at the players. And he's someone who takes prolonged absences as it is anyway. So maybe this will be fine for him. That's the thing. Um, you know, we, we, you look at Hideki and then you look at Hatton, and that just shows the range of outcomes when we have no data. The thing is, Patrick Cantlay is a guy who's, it's not some JM. Um, you know, he, he takes long breaks and he comes back. Paul Casey, kind of similar uh, in, in a way that I, I trust them more than most to come back and be all right. I still kind of feel they're more cashy than, than tournament viable, but I'm not too concerned about Cantlay just seemingly not having it. I, I'd expect him to be just fine. So when we're thinking about roster construction this week, like I said, if I only use a ROM, and maybe I'll go from ROM, hell, onto web or something like that at some point. I'm pretty committed to ROM now, but if he ends up becoming the highest owned player of the slate, might have to pivot off that. Tune into Wednesday's show to get the final fix and the full betting card when it comes down to it. But do you just jam in? Like, it feels like the best lineup so far have been the ones that are capping their bottoms at like 7,100 bucks. Like they're not dipping into the $6,000 level, which means that fading this very top end is probably the move and even loading up. Like if you like Dustin and Rose, that's great. You can play those two. You could even throw Morikawa onto that too, if that's how you want to start your team. Yeah. I mean, the, the balance builds that are, like you mentioned, it's almost like three in the nines, three in the sevens. Uh, that can be really effective. This is the first week and it is Tuesday morning that I'm really considering taking two guys up top and going way lower. Uh, so either like trying to jam Rom and DJ or even more aggressive, like Rory and DJ, Rory and Rom combos like that. To do that, I'm going to have to open it up at the bottom. But this is the first week where I actually am planning to do that a little bit. I do have some plays from the bottom that I think that could work. The one thing you need to be careful of at Travelers Championship, especially with the new 65 and tie cut line rule, this is a completely full field. There's 156 players here. So out of any tournament all year long, this is going to be the one where the fewest amount of people, this and like the U.S. Open, that end up missing the cut. So... It's going to be risky to go superstars and scrubs, but if there's that much volatility in the cut line anyway, maybe, I mean, it's not as likely as someone in the $6,000 area makes the cut over someone in the $9,000 area. But if, you know, it probably does mean that more people near the top will end up missing the cuts. If you can pick right, you open yourself up to like the best guys. That's the thing. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Obviously, it's much harder for, for these cheapies to make the cut, but at the same time, there's going to be more big names just because how, of how many there are that will miss uh, just by the cumulative nature of a full field like this. So I'm going to, like I said, I'm planning to open it up. I think the sixes is better this week than it has been, uh, but we'll get there. I got some extreme dark horses when we get down there. Uh, are you playing answer or not? No, I, I mean, I may have a sliver, but I, I doubt I get over the field if he has any ownership. It's just hard for me to pay 9000 for him right now. Uh, the early look has him around 14% ownership actually yeah. generated in 16% of lineups. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I probably half that, may, maybe a flyer here and there. I just, great. I, I was rooting for him hard for a lot of reasons last week, but I, I just don't see buying at the top. Well, you actually kind of pointed it out really well, is that answer continues. It's not like he's gagging away leads on Sundays. Like he's playing oh. really well, and then someone just comes and storms him. That's what's, you know, there's so many narratives that go like if you shoot six, six under bogey free on Sunday and you lose, 
I mean, what are you supposed to do? I, I don't, you know, that's not his fault in any regard. He did everything. And this has happened multiple times to him. He's not gagging him away. He's just getting beat. So that's got to be frustrating playing great. I'm sure he'll break through eventually. I just don't see it right here. Yeah, this is a good core. Like just on paper, I feel like this is a really good course for him. But when you're talking about him, like him and Dustin Johnson being $400 apart, like it's like, what, what are we talking about here? And maybe that's that, and maybe that's just me buying into, hey, Dustin's like probably the best player in the world at you know any certain given time. Answer just is not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still tend, it's why I get in trouble with guys like Jason Day and thank God Ricky's not playing this week. <laughs> I, I tend to take a longer form even in, in certain micro situations like this, so Give me the guys that are a little more proven. All right. You want to get into some fun? Let's talk about these 8K guys. Because Paul Casey, back in the field, $8,900. He's like a Mr. Traveler's Championship, despite never winning here before. Great course history. And even at the the two main corollary courses that I've found that just have similar leaderboards are Riviera and the Valspar Championship. Obviously, Paul Casey is the back-to-back defending champ of the Valspar Championship, tends to play well here, and Riviera. The other one that I found was the 2017 Northern Trust. Uh, Just a lot of similar names that pop up at the Travelers popped up at that one as well, plus Riviera, plus Valspar. But do you play Paul Casey at $8,900? I think I'm going to fade. Yeah, I'll probably – I mean, in in cash, I may look to him, but in a tournament like the Millie Maker – uh, I think the course history will entice people more than it should. And we don't know. I know I just spoke about him and Cantley, and I do feel fine that they play okay, but we don't know. Um, so there is that inherent risk. Uh, if he's very popular, and I expect he will be, I probably come in underweight. There's just too many other guys that I at least have seen, you know, four, six, eight rounds from uh, that I feel more comfortable with. So going down the line after Paul Casey, Bubba Watson, three-time champ at this course, 8800 bucks, is up next. He's followed down the list by Patrick Reed, 87, Sungjae Im coming off a miscut as my one and done. Thanks, Sungjae, at 86, Sergio Spieth, Woodland, Finau, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 8100 and Mark Leishman, another former winner here, at $8,000. So the ones I have highlighted right now that I think are going to make it, I'm using Bubba. I don't fucking care. I I think he's going to play well. He's playing well, and this is a course he plays well at. What's not to like? Uh, Sergio, going back to that, probably use Leishman because I don't think that a lot of people are going to be on him. And outside of the first hole at Colonial, actually played pretty well. Uh, And Tony Finau. Tony Finau and Patrick Reed, I think, especially Patrick Reed, I don't think people want to go back to after he missed the cut. Yeah, so obviously, no surprise. What am I doing? I'm going right back to Patrick. Patrick Reed and Tony Fino, definitely my favorite too here. Uh, I don't worry about Reed. What's Sunjay's fine as well. He missed the cut, but Reed should bounce back nicely. Fino's got some things that I do like here uh, coming. Should be able to be aggressive. Not playing particularly great, but also not playing bad either. He just needs to shore up the irons a bit. Um, you know, the putter, we'll see. The, the POA nature of this, though, I, I think is kind of an equalizer and it can't hurt him uh, per se. So I'm going to go back to read back to those guys. I'm a little nervous because you are the Bubba whisperer. Um, I wasn't planning on going to Bubba, even though he does win this seemingly every year. Yeah, but it's usually like pretty telegraphed, like outside of, I think one of his wins where he just wasn't really playing well whatsoever, just came and stormed everyone here. Anyway, he made every putt inside 10 feet that year to beat Brian Harmon. So 
if you're going to make every putt inside 10 feet, I don't really care who you are. You're probably going to win the tournament. Although I guess that Abraham answer technically made every putt inside 10 feet because he kept missing from like 11 feet. So he just tapped it in. So it all worked out either way. Bubba's played well these first two events. He had one bad round at Heritage in round three when he couldn't putter chip. But if he's like, his game is looking okay. And it seems like people are hesitant to use him, which I find really fascinating. That's interesting. See, I, I wouldn't think that's the case just because we're still pretty early with recent form. Um, I just, the thing I like about Bubba fades is that you can get paid off in a big way. Like even, I know I'm zooming in here, but the last three years, miscut first and 54th, like you're getting two out of three, you know, really lucrative fades. And obviously you're incredibly punished in 2018, but I, I, the range of outcomes for him is gigantic, even at a course like this. So ownership always tells the tale. I, I think he's going to be more popular though. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I, it's not to say that I, I think that he'll be probably one of the 10 highest owned guys in the millionaire maker, but I don't think that he's going to be pushing like the 25% or even the 20% okay. like some people expect. There's too many good players in this area. Early ownership actually shows no one's using Sergio, which I think is crazy. That's yeah. I mean, Sergio, you called it on Twitter. Uh, like, I mean, he turned it around a little bit. He just ran out of holes with the putter gained 10 strokes with the approach. He, he was another one besides answer that easily could have and probably should have won. Well, the big thing with him is going to be, he missed five putts inside five feet last week. He makes those, yeah. he wins by two. <laughs> Just disturbing. Um, hasn't it, been here in a while, but this course should fit him. Uh, and when he was here, I mean, I know it was a long time ago, but there's no reason that Sergio shouldn't like this course and like this setup. Yeah, I wrote about it a little bit in my column, which you can check out in the description of this video or podcast, is that when Sergio loses strokes putting, he tends to lose a lot. But when he gains strokes putting in any event, he tends to gain a lot of strokes, which is really weird. Like there's, he, Very rarely do you see him at zero for the week. Yeah, those are the best type of players. Um, there are bad putters like that and, and guys that when they get hot, they get crazy hot. And that's what you're looking for in tournaments. I mean, what good is it? Gaining one, you know, one stroke game putting is nice. You're probably more likely to make the cut, but are you really likely to win the event like that? No, you need to get hot with the putter. Some guys just don't do that. So uh, that is a positive for Sergio. So I, I do like Sergio a lot. What do we do with Spieth? Spieth's a former champion here. Uh, no, it seems like now no one is using him again after he went from like, he's back, Wonder he's why. back. Now everyone's like, oh, he fucking sucks again. Yeah, that's unfortunate for me because I was never using him. Uh, it, I don't even, there's going to be a time where Spieth will pay some people off uh, and then I'll reevaluate until that happens though. I I'm not going to use them indefinitely. Did you know that at heritage rounds two, three, and four, he gained strokes off the tee in each of those rounds. He just couldn't putt last week. Really? He had one really bad round with the irons, but you expect Spieth to be putting the lights out all the time, which is why you don't bank on putting, but it turned the other way and he was a disaster, but I was encouraged to see him in the eight rounds since he's been back. He's actually gained off the tee in six of them. That is surprising. The pro it just seems always that it's always something now, like he strings it together for runs and we see six birdies in a row, but it, I, I just, his stats show nothing uh, consistency wise. So I, I can't, it's not even close for me. I, there's no chance I play him. Yeah. I'm kind of going down the yeah. same, same road as you. Uh, Leishman. I'm not going to use Fitzpatrick. I'll use Leishman in this <sighs> spot. Like I said, former champion tends to play well at Riviera. Uh, Sergio's another one who plays well at Riviera and Valspar, coincidentally enough uh, with Leishman looking back at his Charles Schwab, like 
his first hole, I think he triple bogeyed after putting it into the woods. He almost broke even for the week off the tee, and he gained four strokes on approach in two rounds. So Leishman's another guy, when you just brought this up with Sergio, he loses, he has some really ice cold putting performances, but when he gets hot from the greens, we see it in the form of wins a lot. At Farmers, he gained eight strokes putting. API around six. Uh, and then around that, he lost, uh, you know, a handful of strokes. The boom bust nature of him, always really good target. Uh, gaining consistently with the irons. I have no problem with Leishman. I actually, you know, if I had to pick a third guy from this range, it would probably be him. Well, it's going to be an interesting spot for him, too. I don't think the course history is going to play too much of a factor, only because when you look at the top of the $7,000 range, Neiman is right there, and people want to use Neiman for good reason. Yeah, I mean, Neiman is fantastic he's i mean still only 21 he scores like just an absolute banshee it's insane like he he makes cuts on the number and then it's just immediately showdown season for him so i get that i'm going to hovland uh i like this spot for him he's quietly just chugging along his short game is weak again great ball striker strong off the tee 7800 i actually bet him at 60 to 1 um so I'm, I'm on the Homblin train this week. Yeah, when it came down to my final spot in terms of the betting card, I'm still trying to figure it out. Hovland was the one guy I was looking at, along with Scotty Scheffler, who's back in the field this week, because I feel like they both do similar things well, except for Hovland consistently. The ball striking for him, like to look at his like baseline numbers, just off the tee and through approach, is that he's Rory. It's weird. Yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, it's it's interesting to me because these guys are all grouped, and I get that they are, but Morikawa being so good with the irons, I think is overshadowed how good Hovland is just, you know, an accumulation of off the tee and just ball striking in general. So, I mean, look at the price difference, and I get the results have been a little different, but Hovland to me still um, – is in the cover like he is a damn good player 7800 i feel more than comfortable there yeah i'm gonna go to him DraftKings for sure i might end up getting on that bet as well so that upper seven thousand dollar area i do like him i like neiman and hovland 78 and 79 no shocker there poston is just kind of jammed in between them no one's gonna use him but i i don't feel like this is his type of course he's just always tricky because he's just an he's an atypical player um he i mean <laughs> his stats last week Real solid. Four strokes lost with the approaches, but he gained 12 in the short game. Like, I don't know what to do with that. Um, now he's coming off two consecutive top 10 showings. He, he gets it done. It's just very hard for me to look at that and then look at Hovland and not figure, you know, Brian Harmon is here. He's going to be very popular. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah let's, let's pass on Brian Harmon. What do you think? No dice? No, I, I'm just, it's not for me this week. There, I, if in this 7K range, I'm probably going to have some guys miss the cut. That's going to happen. However, I'm just going pure ball striker. Like the guys I have highlighted, Neiman, Hovland, Scheffler, Connors, Kokrak. Boom. So are you even close to playing Jason Day at this point? Or are no. you just over it? No. no. I, I haven't okay. played it. I made the mistake and bit on Ben Ann last week. I was like, I took one week <laughs> off. I'm going to be sneaky and come back. Then it turns out everyone used me fucking was terrible. Uh, oh Jason Day God. just continues to be terrible. Yeah, he's awful. I mean, it's, it's again, Spieth is providing coverage for, for like day is just broken. I've been using them. I have to wind it down. I, there's just nothing to even point to, except in 2016, he was very good. Uh, and I don't think that's a real data point at this point. So a lot of ball strikers there, Corey Connors, your boy Keegs, 
Um, I think this Ryan is a, Paul- I think this is a really nice week to go back to Kokrak after everyone like kind of sniffed his jock last week and he was terrible. That this is a better, this is a much better course for him. I know he had had a decent showing at Heritage in the past, but another guy good at good at Riviera, good at Valspar, should be good here. Yeah, I mean, he definitely should be good here. He's got a lot of experience with not a ton of success, but there's also, I think, an argument to be made that Kokrak is just a better player at this point. Um, He's taken some strides in a lot of courses. His short game is horrendous. It's going to be bad consistently. There's nothing you can do about that, but I don't mind that. I still probably prefer uh, dropping down a little to some of my extreme guilty pleasures in the low sevens. So, okay, in the low sevens at $7,000 even, I'm going with the glove and Max Homa. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to use those two guys. They're probably going to be popular. I don't care. I like them this week. So let me guess. You're going to use Fratelli and, oh, Louis there. You're definitely going to use Louis for sure, right? I mean, Louis to me, everything checks out except that he's Louis and he's playing horrible. (laughs) Just that slight problem. But, I mean, this is a guy, he was second at Valspar last year. He should set up perfectly. He was 10th at the Northern Trust that you referenced. He's just a pure ball striker when he's going. His form to me is almost irrelevant. He can rebound off anything. Nobody, I don't think people will go to him. He's 7,200. He's played Travelers. Uh, I don't know what else to really look at. I'm definitely going to Louie and I'm going to Benny on need him to turn it around he's been bad lately yeah and usually with ben ann it's like oh he played so great and he missed 20 pots inside 10 feet and he ended up missing the cut that has not been the case the past two i i it's it was i believe the worst let's see huh maybe this is something to look at so the two worst tournaments ever that he's had off the tee rbc heritage last week lost 4.1 strokes off the tee and then the other one was RBC Heritage in 2019, where he lost eight strokes off the tee. Maybe there's just something about Heritage that just he can't handle. Yeah, and that's something that I actually did notice. Um, and then just to speak to Charles Schwab a little bit, and again, you can say this about a lot of guys, he lost three strokes putting, which isn't surprising. He also made a nine on a par five. So, you know, that, that finish is a little inflated. And then you look at Heritage, obviously it doesn't agree with him. You lose four off the tee, you lose six with the putter. That's why he missed the the cut by a million strokes. Um, I don't think it's as dire as it seems coming to a place where I I have no problem with the course fit for him. 7,200. He's definitely going to be in the pool. Are you going to talk me back into stupid Ben Ann? I'm trying to come on. He's a world-class scrambler. I know I say that and then it just doesn't matter because you can just green the greens and regulation this to death. But I, I feel pretty good. This reminds me a little of like, Ryan Palmer punished me and everybody at Charles Schwab. If you hung on, you got paid off last week to an extent. Um, Benny on, I think, could have, be in for a quick turnaround right here. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of other guys in this range. Too. Like Snedeker, the simulator at Fantasy National, really likes him, but he's just been he did not play well at all last week. Rafa, Kali, Rogers, I think, is going to be somewhat popular. You always have the outlier that is Danny Lee. If there was some <laughs> sort of format where you could take the players two best rounds of the week and make that your team. Danny Lee would be on my team every week. Yeah. He'd be a multiple, you know, major winner at this point, I think. Uh, what about you, your boy, Shane Lowry? You always mention him, oh, man. He, he's, he's been he, bad. But... He has destroyed my best lineup two weeks in a row. And I, I know that shouldn't make a difference, but it just, it's like, he's just takes himself out of it right away. He's been bad. It really has. And I, I haven't had a ton of interest 
but I just, I see him down and this is where I like to target him because the ownership will be gone. He's a guy we know he can pop anywhere strong field. Um, uh, he's what I'm hoping to do with Shane Lowry is maybe play like between five and 10% and still get leverage. Uh, that's the plan at least. Let me see what is early. I'm going to, I'm going to put a star next to his name, Ben. You've somewhat convinced me on that one, just because I've been rolling with him anyway. Why, why would I give up now that he's $1,700 cheaper? But that's what I'm saying. In yeah. terms of Shane Lowry, where are you at Shane Lowry? Yeah. 2%. That's what I'm saying. Like 2% Shane Lowry at 7,100. Now we're talking just on, on the profile. It doesn't mean he's going to play good. It just means that if he does, and I have trouble predicting when he does, you could get paid off in a huge way, which is obviously what you're trying to do. Any love for Kevin Na? It looks like he's going to play. And maybe he doesn't gain enough off the tee for here. But like, oh, remember when Furyk shot 58 at this course? Na kind of reminds me of Furyk in a way. Like when he gets hot with the irons, like he peaks, like he peaks in the two spots where you would want like a way that you can win. So like you can like Brooks and DJ were the two best guys off the tee last week. Generally speaking, like if you peak with the driver, that tends to be somewhat consistent, but that's not going to win you a tournament. If you can be the hot iron guy and or the hot putter guy, that wins you tournaments. Oh yeah. I mean, Kevin Na, I mean, he's shown that he can just get crazy hot. If he, this is a course where he'll actually be able to get, you know, short irons and wedges in his hand can get, can get going on the greens. I worry about his back, obviously. I, Ryan, <laughs> the problem I have is I look there and then I'm just like, well, Ryan Moore is the same way. If you can get wedges yeah, in Ryan Moore's but, hand. Uh, yeah. But Ryan Moore just doesn't make enough putts ever, ever. Yeah. He's yeah. He's just not good. That's the other problem. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Ryan Moore sucked me in with, he, he loves travelers and I get it. I get exactly why the course history is the way it is for him. Um, I think if I had to choose, I would go to Ryan Moore over Kevin Nahn. He's going to take those shares. The more I was just looking at uh, who the best scorers, at least recently in the field are from 400 to 450 yards uh, in terms of those types of par fours there are seven of them on the course this week. And Webb just keeps popping up. <laughs> That's terrible news. Um, Webb pops up everywhere. Yeah, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does with his 200 feet of putts on Friday every week. Um, You're going to need that, though. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I can confirm that you can use that. It's just, no, I'm going to stick to my guns. But I got, so I did only a couple useful things last week, and they were debatable at best. But one of them is I played Charles in showdown consistently. Charles is low-key coming back. You heard it here first. Former winner of Val- former winner of Valspar, uh, top five at Riviera. You see what I'm talking about? He's, yeah, he's another upward, but he just bleeds strokes off the tee, though. Still, I know. Last week, though, I know it's a different course, but it was better. The game looked good. Uh, there's really no history to go off of here. I I'm really encouraged by how he's playing. I know it's been bad for a while, but. I think Charo is low key. He was really cooking before the break. Uh, even at, I mean, his Honda stats are borderline ridiculous, but at the pro am, um, really solid and, and came in fifth. So I'm gonna buy on Charo as a, again a YOLO type play for a millie maker. All right, so let's talk about some of these guys in the 6K range. Uh, ones I have highlighted: Cameron Champ. Let's go to Cameron Champ. Doc Redman, I think, is going to be very popular this week, and I can see why. He's striking the hell out of the ball. He's 6700 bucks. I like Vegas at 67. 
Norlander is the min, and he seems like he should rate out really well at this course, but I, I don't know if I want to go to these guys. Like, uh, Tagala is someone I think that you could potentially take a shot on, couldn't you? I, I don't... That sounds like a made-up person to me, so... Um, every week, there's Grio. guys with... Well, Grio, he sounds also made up for a different reason. He... <laughs> So Kevin Tway and Grio are two guys that in theory make perfect sense, but I don't know if I can get over how ugly it's been. Um, honestly, in a, in a ridiculous way, I'm almost more concerned about Kevin Tway's form. Yeah. Well, Kevin Tway can't drive the ball anymore. That used to be like yeah, his which, thing. And then you just go look at his numbers. He's lost off the tee in like 10 consecutive events. That's yeah. Again, problematic would be the word. What about Tyler Duncan? Oh, T dunks. Um, he was my guy last week. And then he t- fucking yeah. blew it on the weekend. <laughs> he tries at least. He's just been playing solid golf though. You like, um, you, you like his effort. Yeah. He, he's a grinder out there. I, I do think there is low key something to, to a guy like that who seemingly always finds his way in. I'm not saying he's going to get you a ton of finishing points, but you talked about this is a week where six of six could be legitimately like 1%. Um, you know, depending on what tournament you're in, you're going to be a handful of them. You, you you can kind of go to guys that you think can maybe just get through. Harry Higgs is down here. Oh, yeah. 6,400, making cuts consistently, always outscores his placement. I, I mean, I think you could do a lot worse than Harry Higgs, even though the irons are really bad. If the putter cools down, he's absolutely cooked. How about Aaron Wise, your guy? <laughs> he's like the min, basically. I mean, he's another one that I have no problem. The problem with Aaron Wise is that he went from being, I don't say a great putter, but he was a better putter than this. His putting is just completely gone, and the ball striking is not crisp enough to carry that. So is he going to be in the pool? Probably. So, we'll, I mean, I, I'm going to keep playing. I, I had some Troy Merritt last week, uh, and it was horrendous. He's someone I think can get hot on the greens. These are really deep targets, though. I mean, I'm not playing Grayson, obviously. I'm not playing kyle stanley question mark okay so kyle stanley was actually someone that i was looking into so stanley actually struck the ball really well last week despite missing the cut obviously he couldn't make a putt to save his life because that's what he does but he's one of those like when we talked you said molinari was kind of the guy that short hitter but still gains a bunch off the tee kyle stanley is actually that guy too yeah he i mean he is I tend to think of him and I, I'm not trying to pigeonhole myself with him. I, I usually try to target him at courses that have like really long par fours. Uh, he's great at attacking those, but I don't think this is a terrible fit. And we're talking about, like you mentioned, these are the low sixes. Uh, you want to just find a guy who can do one thing good and go with it. That's always my strategy. If they can get crazy hot with one part of their game, that's good enough for me to at least consider down here. Yeah. I, I don't see a huge differentiation really between some of these guys at the bottom sixes and the guys at the top of the sixes or even low sevens. Like you could probably go to local, local hero, Scott Stallings, if you wanted to made the cut last week, gained a bunch on approach, always puts better on Poa. He's used to these conditions. Like I don't love Scott Stallings by any means, but he's someone who can drive it a ton. And now that they're testing for COVID, I don't think they're testing for steroids anymore. So maybe he's back on the juice. Good. Yeah. He threw him off. Um, that's my whole theory on this week like I don't see a ton of difference between these guys in terms of made cut equity and and the guys almost a thousand dollars more than them so if that allows me to jam Rory, Rom, DJ you know combos two of three 
I'm going to do it and then I'll figure out the rest when I have to. Yeah. I only have one guy projected over 5% right now in the $6,000 area and it's red minute and he's at 11. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's not surprising. Like you said, the way he's striking. What, Oh, what about, as you say, the inventor of basketball? Ah, um, I, I'm using him again this week. I like, okay. Him. Yeah. I mean, the, the irons have been fantastic seemingly making cuts consistently. I think Redmond will be the chalk if there is some, you know, relative to the price range. I'd probably rather go to Neesmith, so I'm with you there. Yeah, so the other guy is the kind of like $7,200 and below first two week back leaders in approach in this field. Redmond's number two overall behind answer. Woodland, we didn't even really talk about it, 8,300. He's still third in approach over these first two tournaments. He just keeps having one meltdown like per round and that's something you can look to like i i don't think all all scores are created equal i'm much more encouraged by something like that than a guy who's just consistently getting bludgeoned you know with bogeys 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 so um yeah there there are some flyers down here you don't want to go crazy but at the same time it's not devoid of reasonable plays yeah uh the knights who say nee smith are 12th in approach since coming back harold varner's 10th duncan is 17th norlander in two rounds is 12th but he's someone who kind of always shows up in modeling and is never really all that good grio is still 17th michael thompson is four <laughs> rounds 19th uh, who else spawn ct pan seb straka like these are some of the guys from down very very low scott stallings is also 30th uh, in his four rounds so far but uh, these are the types of guys that you could potentially turn to if you wanted to build that like superstars, super scrubs roster. Yeah. And I think there's enough of them that you'll have some options to fit the team. It doesn't mean, you know, of course these guys, I expect a lot of them to honestly not find the weekend, but there'll be enough if it gets very aggressive up top and I'm waiting to win equity higher than most this week above 10 K. So that's how I'm going to try to structure it. I haven't built yet. That could change depending on what we see, but I think there's enough to get by. All right. Any final thoughts on the Travelers Championship? I I think any skill set can win, and because of that, I think we're going to see another awesome Sunday leaderboard. Yeah, I, I think that it, it's interesting. This is another really short course, uh, par 70, but I see it vastly different from what we've just seen the past two weeks. It's kind of a hybrid of both of them in some ways, so I'm not going to overreact to recent form. And I, I seemingly, I don't know, I'm obviously jinxing myself. I seemingly do really well here a lot. I, I like this fit for the guys that I like to target. So I'm excited. Yeah, I mentioned this to Feinberg. It's been every other year for me at this course. Like I didn't hit it last year when Shez won, but I hit it the year before with Bubba. Didn't have Spieth when he chipped in to win. Uh, the year before was... I had Russell Knox. Like you know, it's every other year. We're in the cycle of every other year. So hopefully Morikawa can just win and I'll be fine. Or Bubba. Okay. I like it. Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, see, boom, we're good to go here. Uh, how have you been doing the first two weeks anyway? So two weeks ago, I got incredibly lucky. I punched a seat uh, to the world, you know, the final on oh. a showdown lineup, which was so fortunate um, on a Sunday showdown. That really saved my first week. Last week, I just didn't have enough web. Um, so I didn't do good. But of all the things, I will give a quick shout out to Chris Kirk. I had him on the Corn Ferry Tour last week, and that saved a lot. Uh, him and Vince India battling it out. So Chris Kirk came through for me, even though he wasn't in the field. So are you looking back to the Corn Ferry? Because we've seen List and I know. Kirk win. Does that mean like we should be taking 
I don't know, Brandon Hagee. At the, I saw Sean Stephanie's in this field, maybe him, like guys that you recognize from the PGA Tour and just bet them because my main man, Will Zlateros, is like good every week but never wins. Every week. Yeah, he, he was up there last week. Again, I, I do think there's something to these guys taking class drops. That's why I, you know, I backed Kirk uh, at Colonial and then I saw him in the field and I was just like, wow, you know, he's, this is obviously a huge class drop. Incredibly fortunate, of course, but I think there's something to looking at the Corn Ferry for established pros. So who are guys that we got on there? Established pros. Harkins, Haggy. Seamus is down there, but there's serious problems with his game right now. Uh, oh, Grayson Sig. I like that name. I hope he makes the tour someday. Oh, Outlaw Tour standout, KK Limhust. Oh, let's see, Kramer Hickok is down there. Stephanie. Oh, Jim Konos is down there? Like, I used to bet that guy first-round leader every single week. Dewey Vanderwall, Teeter, Czechia. Oh, wow. Paul Peterson's playing. Like, he's an overseas guy. Ollie is 70-1. to Sang Moon is 70-1. to Dylon, woo! He's down there as well. So there's, like, guys that I recognize rather than, yeah, like, I mean, average Corn Fairy regular. There were times where Ollie was, like, 70-1 to in, like, waste management field. So, like, I know it's different, but at the same time, these are guys who've played against a lot better. I, I'm definitely backing class droppers in Corn Ferry these days. Uh, you mentioned the final day showdown. Do you have any tips for that for people? Like, I did really well with final day showdown because uh, I used JT, <laughs> and he ended up storming up the leaderboard. <laughs> and then I just I, – the only, the only person I didn't have in my Sunday showdown lineup because I had him bet to win was Webb. I was like, well, if Webb doesn't win, these showdown lineups are going to look really spicy. So I had, like, Berger and Answer and Sergio and Thomas – I think, like, if Landry had just, like, shot minus three, I think I would have won a bunch. But he did not because he's Andrew Landry. But, like, is there – because you need those placement points, right? You you do. So that's the double-edged sword. Um, you definitely need those placement points. But at the same time, if it's really, really easy scoring conditions, you can make up for that, you know, in a big way. We saw Xander go out by himself and just go nuts. Uh, you, you know who I had? I had Brooks, and he made the two eagles on the front nine. There you go. Um, I had Rory, which was an talk about unmitigated disaster, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I think in if it's even if it's not playing tough, but even if it's playing average, that's where you're going to lean heavily or on the placement points. doesn't mean you take guys one through six on the board, but you definitely want a couple guys that are giving your point totals. You know, you're getting a boost right from the start. And then you look to those guys that can kind of haven't been you know, putting the, the typical things we see in showdowns and the weather splits, as you always talk about, if you go out in twosomes, you're going to have guys finishing before the leaders tee off. If they're playing both sides, split tees, that's a totally different. That's like a, you know, a bell shape, a U shape curve. Uh, you want to attack it totally different in that regard. Yeah. And I think that people get really confused about like, because it is everyone going out in twosomes, like, especially if you get a cluttered leaderboard again, like, if you do see those weather splits, just take the guys who are at like minus 13, if that's like where the big cluster is, and just the ones with the earlier tee times. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like you're, you can be two shots off of another guy and you tee off like three hours before him. Um, it's ridiculous. And you can make that up in one, you know, the difference between in placement points, you're talking like a birdie to jump from 50th to like 10. Uh, you know, I'm just throwing out numbers, but it's massive. You can make up for it in a big way. So just understand the format. That's honestly my best advice. All right. Ben Raza, awesomeo.com. What do you guys got kicking up over there? Do you, do you have any more columns coming out on your guys' sports blog about all the golf players in the field? Oh, we got everything on everything. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> sports slowly coming back. Obviously, NASCAR, KBO, golf already up. 
projections, ownership, all those things. And then we are planning a lot of big things for when NBA gets started, hopefully baseball. So if you haven't stopped in, go over, pick a package, and we'd love to keep you inside the ropes and try it out for a little while. You got a promo? We don't right now. Stay tuned. We're doing flash sales all the time. So if you watch my golf shows, uh, I have one on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, live before lock. You can see that we have flash sales during the show. You can get in uh, for a promo, save some money. All right. Well, you just follow Ben on Twitter at JazzRazDFS, and then you can find out everything that comes down the pipeline. For me, at the PME on Twitter. I'll be doing giveaways Wednesday noon Eastern time to 2 Eastern time. For Millionaire Maker tickets for the Travelers Championship this week, I suggest you go check that out. So give me a follow along there. You also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the PME. 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday, live chat with me, taking your questions, final betting card, weather update, ownership update. We'll have that all for you. Hope to see you there. You can check that out after the fact on the PME audio podcast feed as well. If you're an audio listener, please scroll to the bottom, hit five stars, be on your way. That would be, I'd be very grateful if you could do that. In fantasynational.com slash mayo, we'll get you 20% off. Winning a million dollars, not a guarantee, because I've been a member. I ain't winning a million bucks. I can tell you that much right now. Hopefully you can, though. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!